are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Louisville podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. With me for his weekly appearance, Cardinal Sports on co-founder Jeremy Wallman. 55, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. You know, you gave me a call, asked me if I wanted to do this weekly. Here we are, week three, and uh, it, it's a weekly thing. So I'm happy to be on here with you and uh, support the brand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For all those listening out there, we appreciate for making Locked on Global your first listen of the day. As always, Locked on Global is free on whatever streaming service you use five days a week, all global, all the time. We're going to get with Jeremy and talk specifically about the Florida State recap. We'll answer the question, how good of a win was Florida State for the cards? We'll transition into analyzing just what went wrong for that Louisville, I should say for the Louisville team in general in the second half. And then we'll finish the show talking about um, replacing Braden Smith, how hard that'll be and identifying some guys that could fill that void. Um, but before we get into the content of the show, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. For those who are not aware of who I am, I am a football beat writer for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I'll also serve as a recruiting analyst, also have some backup PA announcing duties in sports and the universities such as soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, baseball, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore and the podcast Twitter page, as always, is LO underscore Louisville. Uh, so let's get right on into the show talking with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman. First question I want to ask you, Jeremy, when you look at this win as a whole, I know that Florida State's only 0-4, uh, only 0-4 as if that's uh, something that can be reversed pretty quickly. Uh, just how good of a win was this for the Cards, if, if good at all? I mean, it was a win. I feel like it would have been a good win had we been able to duplicate, uh, replicate what we did in the first half and the second. I feel like defensively we took a huge step in the second half and it, it was I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit but uh yeah I just it, it's a mark in the win column it helps us get closer to six wins I agree and that's that's what I was having a conversation uh right after the game and someone actually had the audacity to tell me I think this is the first time I've ever heard this the the, the statement was I, I wish I had the text um, but I actually deleted it. It was that bad. He said, I wish we would have looked better even if we would have lost rather than what we did in the second half. And I was appalled. I can see your face right now. That is one of the most foolish statements I've ever heard. Did uh, was, did, was it Higgy by chance that texted you that? <laughs> no, I could understood. I can understand what he said. So it couldn't oh, have been him. Couldn't but, been yeah, like you said, I, I mean, regardless of the record, uh, a win is a win is a win. Also, it's a conference win on the road in Tallahassee. We've only won there two times since I believe, you know, over 50 years of playing them. I know we haven't played them that much um, until recently. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to look at it for face value. But um, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. If the cards replicate what they did in the first half and maybe not even so replication, just showing that they didn't do a whole 180 a tale of two halves, if you will. And, uh, I mean, they completely regressed to a level that we haven't seen them play since, you know, Mississippi, maybe even, you know, first quarter against Eastern Kentucky. Is there any concern moving forward um, with that second-half performance going into this Wake Forest game? Uh, 
not for me. And that was our fourth win in Tallahassee all okay. time. Won the very, won the very first meeting all the way back in 1952 when Jeff Nunn was a teenager, and uh, and then we actually won. Let's see, two out of three. I think it's like two two in the last 50 years, isn't it? Or three in the last no. 50 years? No, we're three and two since 2002 in Tallahassee. Okay. So. Well, it's definitely a trend to, to get started. So, but I mean, in terms of the the second half, does I mean, does that not worry? Are you just kind of um, you know accepting it for what it is? Uh, you know, on that Scott Satterfield presser yesterday, it uh, it just sounded like um, you know his his reasoning was that Florida State made the adjustments to what Louisville was doing, and they didn't really change anything up tactically, which I think my eyes saw a little differently. But um, mm-hmm. is there any reason, I mean, for concern moving forward with that second half performance that you think that, um, you know, could hurt the cards in this matchup against Wake Forest? Or do you just think it's, you know, turn the page, get ready for a new team? Yeah, you got to turn the page, you get ready for a new team. I'm not really, and to correct myself, I, the actual website said, had, had the wrong thing. We've actually are two and three since 2000 okay. in Tallahassee. We got three wins overall. So yeah, it, it was a it was a feat that we went. And those that have listened to both this podcast and the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast know that I was I predicted a a, a last second victory for the Cards. So the the margin of victory did not shock me at all because they were playing at home. They were zero three for the first time since seventy six. Now zero four for the first time since nineteen seventy four, and they just they're again we're going to talk about this in a minute so i don't want to get give too much away now but you got to get ready for the next game this wake forest team is they're the vibe with me and wake forest right now i don't really know what to think i know that they're ranked in the top 25 they've uh, as i brought up to uh, we had game day prep last week with T.J. Pittinger from Florida State, and I made a joke that they've only, they played Virginia and three FCS teams so far. Uh, oh, no, that's the joke I made this week. Sorry. <laughs> I made a joke this week. Uh, that'll be out Wednesday with Les Johns of Wake Forest. I said, hey, you you played three FCS teams and, and Virginia. And he's like, well, we played Florida State, too. And I said, oh, well, you know, I said what I said. Uh, so <laughs> I, I just don't know how to gouge their success or gauge their success. Uh, their, their quarterback is a decent quarterback, but in four games, he's thrown for nine touchdowns and in 900 yards. It's not super impressive, but he takes care of the ball. Went on that one interception. Uh, I don't believe he's lost any fumbles. I could be incorrect on that. because They I do extremely just- well in the turnover margin. Yeah, they, that's why I was telling Les, I said, your quarterbacks are taking care of the ball this year, which is not something that we saw last season a whole lot with them. They average almost 5.7 yards per rush. So that's something that, that Louisville's going to have to watch out for this week because if I had to pick one thing defensively that's our Achilles heel, it is defending against uh, the straight-up rush. We've been doing good against containing the quarterback rushes, but – Straight up rushing, we've not done that well so far. I agree. So, recapping the Florida State win, um, not really the win itself, um, but just kind of the overall implications. When you look at a win like this for face value, 
Um, do you look at, at it as just a win over Florida State or, you know, a win over an 0-4 team? Or is it just kind of a mixture of both? I mean, because it seems like a, we try to add, you know, make the world so black and white in a, in a world that's 95% filled with gray area. I mean, is this uh, – obviously it's not uh, a notable win per se with the team being so fa- so bad, but does it add more value just because it's Florida State? Yeah, absolutely, because at the end of the day you can say – since we since we've joined the ACC, we are. It is right now. Let's see, we joined. We are four and third. When do we join the ACC? Two thousand fourteen. Yep. So we are. Let's see. It's probably like four and yeah. four or something. Four and no. three. Uh, one. One two three. It looks like it's four and four against Florida State. And, and that's like when we joined the conference, we wanted to be four and four against Florida State eight years in. We wanted to be better than 0 and 7 or 0 or whatever it is against Clemson. It's not 0 and 7 because we didn't we didn't you know we played we them even, we even beat oh, them. 0 and 7. <laughs> well I just I know there's a couple teams that we didn't play on the schedule last year that we were supposed to but gotcha. then I, I get reminded that Clemson's in our division so we would have played them regardless. But you know, Florida State's one of the like I talked with TJ about. It. I'm like, man, this is a, a rivalry that when we were growing up here in the Ville, most of the Louisville fans supported Florida State. Most of the the Lexingtonians they supported Miami, and it was kind of like you know it was our because at that point Louisville, Kentucky were kind of like payday games. If if you wanted a guaranteed win, you you threw them three hundred grand and beat them sixty to nothing, and uh, that's just the way it was back then and. So we had we had our bigger teams. I mean, I I wasn't a diehard Florida State fan, but whenever they played Miami, I was going for Florida State. Uh, the high school jerseys we had our senior year were Florida State inspired. So at the end of the day, it's still a win versus Florida State. Even though I know I just said it earlier, it was just a, a victory in the win column. It's it it can be both and be true because yes, it, it, we only need three wins now to be ball eligible. But when I'm against a Florida State team that at the end of the year, when you tell them who you want against, you're going to say Florida State. You're not going to say 0-3 Florida State unless you're from down the road and just want to nitpick every one of our victories. Yes, I, I definitely agree with all those sentiments. Once again, we're here with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman. Let's transition into what exactly went wrong for this Louisville team in the second half that was just so polarizingly different from that first half. Before we get into that, I want to talk about our friends down at Prize Picks. Um, if you're a college football fanatic, like both of us are, daily fantasy is what you need to get into. Uh, Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all of the star players at the Power Five as well as mid-majors as well. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Um, if you use the promo code Locked On, um, your deposit will be matched up to $100 instantly. So basically you'll pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. It also allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on Ben Roethlisberger with the under on um, LeBron James. So you can use the award-winning app on both the app store and Google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. 
Use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Um, one other thing that I want to discuss before we go into the second half debacle is rockauto.com, which is definitely something that you need to take a look at for any type of needs in the automobile industry. It's literally impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It allows you to save time and money. So why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. The prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So do yourself a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So like I mentioned, here with Cardinal Sports on co-founder Jeremy Woman, now talking about the debacle that happened in the second half for Louisville against Florida State. Zero points scored. Uh, when you look at the drives, definitely not impressive whatsoever. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if you know Louisville had more than 40 yards in the in the second half on any given drive but uh, when you look at some of the key things that went wrong for Louisville in that second half what kind of jumps off the page to you other than not scoring at all honestly I I'm not I know a lot of people have made a huge deal about it and I mean you're even calling it a debacle but to me I was I was super impressed by the second half for for a myriad of reasons because first off let's just call it a spade a spade uh Malik's security blanket went down. Braden Smith, he's out for the year now. And he'd been working the whole week, the whole season with that, that guy in the rotation. So you take him out, you're going to fluster an elite quarterback. Now, Malik's not an elite quarterback. He is a good quarterback. But we already have, have heard the rumblings that it's difficult sometimes for him to read the progressions. We saw that in week one a little bit in week two. So anytime you pull something like that out of the equation, it, it's going to be, it's going to be, take, it's going to take some getting used to. Now, here's where I came away with being impressed because the local defense had five second half sacks. They got plenty of, of penetration. Sean don't know what that means, no, we but uh, we do. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, the defense played still. It was almost like, Coach Satterfield was like, you know what? And I know he didn't do this, but he was like, give him the ball back. Look, our defense is going to stop him. He had full full confidence in the defense in the second half. Uh, the defense gave him no reason to doubt that. Uh, again, we got bit by a quick scoring play, and, uh, and, and that was that, the rest of the second half. So, yeah, and I know what y'all are going to say. Jeremy, you're always super positive, this and that, but – I'm a football mind. I played it. I know what the big – that first half was as good of a half as we played. In quite some in, time. In any game in the Satterfield era, that's the best defensive half. The second half was the best defensive half we played since Charlie Strong was here. So, 
you'll have to excuse me if I'm not in the the pile of gloom and doomers that just thought that this game was a complete aberration. Uh, to me, I was very, very happy with what I saw offensively in the first half, happy with what I saw defensively in the second half, but I am with the mind frame that we do need to see a complete game, and we haven't saw a complete game this year yet because of one reason or the other. Malik and them is going to have a whole week, going to have had a whole week to prepare for Wake Forest. To me, it's simple. Contain the rush. Make this guy throw. He's he's a, he's a good he's a good deep ball thrower. Uh, his short passes are a little errant at times. Now nobody ever makes him pay for those passes. But what I saw, I watched all the Wake Forest games on Sunday, and the one thing that I saw was this: he's far more accurate, fifteen yards and deeper than he is fifteen yards and cl- uh, close. He threw he throws a lot of low balls close. And that's something that our defense needs to look out for. And we have to – we got to win the turnover battle. Mm-hmm. I, I did predict us to lose this game on the podcast uh, Sunday, and I still feel like that's going to be the case because I don't think we're there just yet. But this is still a game. There's not a game left on the schedule with the exception of maybe one, and I do not want to reveal which one I feel like that is. There's not a game left on the schedule that I don't fully believe that we could win. Uh, but this one, I think it's just going to be, we haven't hit that stride yet. This Wake Forest team is currently hitting their stride. And if we if they run all over Central Florida, had they just kept running against us, they would have won that game. But they went to the air. This team is not going to do that. They're going to run the ball. They're, they've got four guys that run the ball. And a collective average, like I said, five, before the, the game versus Virginia Saturday, they were averaging 5.7 yards uh, rushing per carry. That's ridiculously stupid. And that's going to win them the ball game unless we can tighten that up. I agree. And kind of going back a little bit to that Florida State thing that you mentioned kind of at the very beginning of saying that um, Braden Smith going down had, had that big of uh, an effect yeah. on the offense. I agree that it did. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the final segment of the episode today. But I also think that that causes some, you know, some reasonable concern. The fact that, you know, albeit it's a very key piece, but we keep talking about all this depth and meaningful depth at the wide receiver position. If you're not able to pick and plug a guy in there and be able to, you know, have that chemistry that was supposed to have been, you know, formed over the offseason, that's where some concern lies. Um, seven drives in the, in the second half. Six of them were punts. Five of them were three and outs. Um, I thought that defensively, I think you're right. They had a stellar half considering the context, only allowing 10 points, and it kind of seems like it was more. Um, you know, we learned that if you test Kittrell Clark, you're going to get burned. Well, we didn't really learn that. We just confirmed it for the fourth straight week. Um, but um, I, I have to to be honest, I was a little concerned, obviously, like most of the fan base, just considering the fact that everything that was working so much in the first half wasn't in the second half. Um, I know Scott Satterfield said that the play calling and stuff like that was pretty much the same. It seemed like it was a little more conservative. They tried to establish the run when it clearly wasn't working, which led to a lot of third and long situations. One of the reasons why that 2020 season was um, a four and seven record. Uh, I'm kind of concerned 
um, you know, moving forward just because I get, you know, Malik Cunningham has to uh, get a, take a little more time to make his reads. But if one guy going down uh, makes that big of a difference um, to the point where we can't even move the ball down the field, then I, I am concerned because there's 11 players on a football field. And if you're, you know, going to be one of these quarterbacks that really shows out, you have to kind of, you know, take with what you're giving. You still have a lot of talent on that team. So, but let's talk about Braden Smith. Let's talk about why that injury um, is going to be so key uh, for the cards uh, going down the road. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the guys that we could see filling into that. Before we do that, um, I want to touch on why betonline.ag is key for all of your betting needs. Uh, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are obviously on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Be sure to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. And if you're not a sports fan, you can go right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And they're your online sportsbook experts. So the final segment of the show, like I mentioned here with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman, um, I want to talk about just how big of a loss this is for the cards in terms of Braden Smith tearing his ACL out for the remainder of the year. Satterfield mentioned, you know, Braden Smith is not only a leader on the field, but off of it as well. Um, the only starter back from a season ago that is trying to replace so much production. Um, just how big of a loss is this, in your opinion, for the not only the receiving core, but the team as a whole? Uh, real quick, before we get to that, I do want to point something out because you say things that trigger things in my mind. I'm not backing off on how much the defense played well in the second half of the Florida State game, other than the opening 11 seconds of the second half. So you, you go uh, 29 minutes, the last 29 minutes and 50 seconds of clock on, on the, on the uh, sorry, the last 29 minutes and 50 seconds of clock in the game, they go punt, punt, missed field goal. We force a turnover on downs, turnover on downs. They hit their only field goal left of the game in an interception. So that's three. I, I know that the turnover on downs don't necessarily count as turnovers in the scheme of things, but that's that's three going down the that last year we would have folded on those last three possessions. Mm-hmm. The last three possessions of this game was interception. Uh, Sorry, last four was interception, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, made field goal, and then before that was missed field goal and a couple of punts. So I, I'm going to keep gushing about the defense because even though I'm an offensive guy, uh, I, on the field, off the field, I, I'm an admirer of, of the defense. So I want to go ahead and give them their flowers. That was an amazing second half. You take, like I said, you take that quick score away, and they played a masterful second half. Uh, now to answer the question that you had, um, is is this a bit? Anytime you lose a young man to, to this kind of an injury, it's a big loss. However, and I'm not sure who said it prior to what somebody on the show, our podcast, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can find that on social media, Cardinal Sports Zone, at Card Sports Zone on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, somebody said 
that they thought that this receiving core was going to outperform stats-wise last year's, which included no. <laughs> Yes, somebody did say that. And, and I feel confident at the end of the year, that person's going to be right. We're going to have more yards, more touchdowns. Well, I know it's going to be spread amongst seven or eight people, but still, I think what that person was saying at the end of the year, we had last year we had four receivers that had X amount of yards, and this year we're going to have eight that may have just a little bit more yards, maybe a little bit more touchdowns, and that's what makes us dangerous because you you lose Braden Smith, but you can. We're so deep at that position. We've got guys that have been hungry trying to get in the game. Uh, you've got Jordan Watkins that has been playing a lot. you got Amari Huggins-Bruce. Uh, you've got uh, Josh Johnson's his name, right? Yep. Yeah, and I mean, the list goes on and on. So, no, I, I'm not I, – I do want the young man to heal and recover quickly, but this is the deepest position. Uh, one of the deepest positions we have been blessed at the wide receiver position. So – all that we have to do is get Malik comfortable and confident throwing to these guys like he was with Braden, and and we'll be fine. I, I, I really feel like this is a position, and I know Braden's a phenomenal athlete, but I think this is a position where we can just plug the next man in and get similar results. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you and I talked, uh, I believe it was the very first appearance you had on the Lockdown Global show um, that – the most notable statistic for me in that game against Central Florida was the fact that I, it might have been your second um, appearance, but regardless, was that there were 10 guys that caught passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that goes with showing, you know, Marshawn Ford is finally getting back into the offense. He's feeling a lot better. He had some uh, sinus issues in the first two games, but really was able to, you know, get going in this game as well. Um, I, I like the fact that Jordan Watkins had his first. A touchdown of the season uh you know like i said it's going to take a village to kind of um, replicate or not, or not necessarily replicate but replace Braden smith's role you're not going to replace the leader that he was you're no. still going to have him on the sidelines hopefully I, I don't know how uh injuries and stuff like that work in terms of covid protocol or anything like that but he's definitely going to be in the day-to-day operations um i'm excited for um you know the rest of the guys moving forward i think Honestly, what this does is it opens up a starting position for Amari Huggins-Bruce to go in and claim. I know that's a little bit of a hot take. He didn't have one catch last week, but I think he is the most dynamic receiver in this wide receiving core. That's just how high I am on his game. Um, yeah, you're going to see yeah. Josh Johnson get you know a couple more targets a game. It's not really going to be one guy specifically you know, being plugged in uh, outside of maybe AHB, but – you know, it's going to be more guys getting more targets. I think this is going to help Marshawn Ford get going more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to look for those speed guys. You know, Tyler Harrell is another guy that we haven't, you know, talked about once at all. He had, you know, his first deep ball connection of the season. Was, so Yeah, I was just about to mention, I was going to say, and I even left out, when mentioning those guys, I left out Tyler Harrell. Uh, I left out Justin Marshall. Mm-hmm. I love maybe I don't we don't know where Shaw works is and he, his, he's uh, supposed to be practicing this week. His uh, availability is to be determined. Uh, he's questionable, but um, the fact that he's practicing looks like it's probably either um, if he's not available this week, one would assume the Virginia game is his likely you know return to the cards. Absolutely, and we got a ton of freshman wide receivers that you don't. I mean, you never know when one of them are going to get get in and make a play. I mean. 
like I said, we, we're just very blessed at that position. And I, although I feel like we're going to lose a little bit of leadership, you can plug any of those other guys in and, and feel confident they have just as good a hands as he has. So I, I'm not worried at all about it. I, I am kind of wary we've lost in back-to-back games, season-long injury players that were key players. So let's just stay healthy the rest of the season right. and not do that anymore. Yeah, it, it, it kind of speaks volumes, the fact that we're kind of forgetting players, you know, in that wide yeah. receiving yeah. core. That, that just shows you. I mean, this is a deep group. Gunter Brewer, Scott Satterfield, you name it. You know, the players, the coaches, you know, Malik Cunningham, has, so to speak, you know, he mentions all the time that there's a lot of guys in that room that can make plays. And I think it's just next man up mentality. If you want to get to that next level as a program, you have to have that mentality, uh, so to speak. Every single top program has it. It's very unfortunate, you know, two guys both key leaders to their respective units in offensive defense and team in general sucks to see that those injuries, I am confident that, you know, we have some guys in the wings that can step in um, and really help out and fill that void. Um, But like I said, that's going to uh, basically wrap up this episode, but don't go just yet. I want to give uh, Jeremy Wallman some, opportunity to plug in his social media and give some final thoughts before we do that quick shout out to the cardinal sports zone podcast um as jeremy will mention here soon um the most recent episode being released on sunday go check that out um also the locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling you can get all of the the betting goods from daily picks to blowout specials wrong team favorite picks lee sterling's lock of the day all found on the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag so 55 the floor is yours take it away any last thoughts Absolutely. First off, just to do the business, as, as you stated, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Cardinal Sports Zone, three separate words. Instagram and Twitter, it's Card Sport Zone, or you can just go to the website, cardinalsportzone.com. The last episode, which I cannot believe Dalton didn't mention this, but the last episode featured an interview with Louisville assistant basketball coach Ross McMains. We had a great conversation. Uh, we made fun of Dalton. No, we didn't make fun of Dalton. That's not true. Uh, we broke down the FSU game. I implore you to go listen to those. And, man, I, I want to thank you all out there because I didn't really realize when I do this together on the spur of a moment that it was going to be so successful. But the Game Day Prep Podcast, which is what we're going to do, is we're going to talk to one of the beat writers from the opposing team every week. Last week, uh, two weeks ago, we talked to – Uh, somebody from Central Florida. It was more of a Twitter personality from Central Florida, uh, from SSN Sports. Uh, Last week was the first official podcast, though. We talked to TJ Pettinger from Florida State. This week, we're going to talk to Les Johns. He's the Wake Forest uh, blogger, uh, uh, broadcaster. He's just a legend in that area. But shout out to you all because – just as many people listen to game day prep as they did the regular podcast. Those of y'all that have followed our podcast know the regular podcast does six figures every week. High, high six figures. Uh, it matched it, and all the other complimentary pieces weren't even there. It was just me one-on-one uh, with the other personalities. So we appreciate that. We appreciate y'all tuning in to everything we do. Uh, and Locked On, is, I mean, I know it's not officially affiliated with Car- – with the, the Cardinal Sports Zone Podcast Network, but the love is spilling over onto that. And yes, uh, we just hope that you have, 
we hope we're, we're thankful that y'all are supporting all of our products and uh, hopeful that that will continue on. But yeah, I've got somebody for every single opponent the rest of the way. And I'm very, very excited to, uh, to bring those to you all. And I think that's, let's see, anything else? Nope. I think that's all the business, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, like, like Jeremy said, definitely appreciate everyone for checking out the content. A lot of more, a lot of more, it's not even a, a word, but a lot hey. more good hey. stuff on the way. That's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone be safe. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow.